Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Good morning, church. It's so good to be with all of you. Uh, And he is the extrovert, so this is really out of my comfort zone, being in the center of attention. But uh, yeah, it's not about me, right? It's all about Jesus. And he's been present this morning, wouldn't you agree? I hope that you've experienced him in the worship, and his his, uh, spirit is speaking here, and we believe that. So we wanted to create a space where it was a little bit more intimate, where we could look at each other's face, we could worship together uh, under one banner, lifting the name of Jesus on high. We could finish up our Advent series at looking at a very peculiar prophecy, uh, but also go back to some of our roots, like the early Jewish church probably had to set up more like this, kind of in a home setting or in a, and like kind of like a, a coliseum where there were, somebody was in the middle, right? That's really fun and comfortable. But they would spend literally an hour like just, rehear- like just saying the, the scripture passages over and over again. They would have a moment of quiet where they would pray those passages in their own heart to God. Uh, and then they, as a, go- a congregation, would come together and continue to pray those passages over each other. And so that's kind of where we're going this morning. Uh, we thought, well, sure, sure, there'll be like three or four groups of people here. This will be super easy. We'll just have a section here and here, and we'll just break out and pray prayer. But uh, yeah, we're going to have to get creative and do when we get to that point. Um, but we're looking at a really interesting story this morning because Matthew seems to kind of lead us astray. If you notice, he would grow up to be a Nazarene, right? He'd be, called, he'd be called out of the city of Nazareth as the prophets have spoken. But if you go on Google or if you go to Blue Letter Bible or however you do your word searches, there is no Old Testament prophecy that says he will be called a Nazarene. Like, it's just not there. In fact, Nazareth wasn't even a town uh, until about 150 years before Jesus was born. So how would we have gotten that in our Old Testament passages, right? So what is Matthew doing here? He's actually doing a very peculiar thing. He's doing a very unique thing. It's a wordplay on the Greek and the Hebrew. Uh, It's actually a theme that's throughout all of the prophets. It's not one specific prophecy, but it's, it's a unique uh, it's a unique truth about who the Messiah would be throughout all of the prophets and honestly throughout all of the scripture. For example, God uses the lowly things of the world to confound the wise. Like Jesus didn't come from this pristine palace, right, where he wasn't able to enter into our mess, where he wasn't able to relate to us and our struggles, uh, what it's like to not have enough money in the bank account at the end of the month. You know, like the Bible says that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. Uh, when somebody would have said that he came from Nazareth, immediately all of their guards would have come down. Like, can you imagine that? Like when you enter into a new relationship with somebody and you didn't have any walls up. Like immediately you could just talk to this person, be in relationship with this person. There's nothing like, oh wow, they make more money than me, right? They have more education than me. Uh, you know, they come from the fancier part of the town, whatever. Like they j- you could just be in relationship with them. Uh, you can talk to them, you could re- relate to them. When Jesus would have introduced himself as Jesus of Nazareth, there would have been no walls up. Immediately, people would have had relationship with him, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, So if you have a Bible, we're gonna be looking in Isaiah a little bit this morning, and we're gonna be looking in John as well. So if you can get your device out or however you uh, look through your Bible, there's also some Bibles and a chair back uh, in front of you if you don't have a Bible. Uh, First, I want us to turn to Isaiah uh, this morning and look at Isaiah 11 together. Isaiah 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. 
There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots shall bear fruit. That is more of a word reference to Nazareth. Literally, it means like branch, right? So Jesus, Matthew did this, not me. Jesus was from the sticks, or Jesus was stick man, right? Like this isn't even, this isn't even made up. This is a, literally the root word of Nazareth. It means branch or sticks. And right here in Isaiah, it says, And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. How many of us are familiar with the, the gospel passage that says that we were grafted into the family of God, right? If you graft in a branch, uh, there's a process that you have to go about doing that. You cut a, a back the dead, right? But you can actually take a separate branch and you can cut it into the stalk where the, that's the source, right? And you become grafted in or part of that branch and we're the family of God, because Jesus grafted us in, into the family. So Jesus is not only the branch, the source himself, he grafts us into the family of God, uh, the branch, uh, the source of life. And I think it's just amazing. Like, Jesus is stick man. But he is like the, tr- the tree of life, right? Like, he's far more than just a branch. Like, he is the vine, it's, it, it, the source itself. And whoever remains in the branch, Jesus remains and abides in us. He's a source of life. And so uh, it's just a theme that we see throughout all of the Bible. Uh, a peculiar passage in Isaiah talks about Jesus being the branch. Have you ever cut down like a tree or a plant and you just leave it? If you don't mess with it, sometimes there's like branches that will start to sprout out of that dead growth, right? Like a dead stump, but then there's a little, a little shoot, a little branch that will grow. Um, this is Jesus's humble beginnings but it's gonna change a lot of people's eternities, right? Just a little branch, uh, not well-known, not super prestigious. In fact, his family wasn't even even headed to Nazareth. They were actually headed to Jerusalem or the center of Jerusalem, which is Judea, which that would have been a prosperous prosperous place. That would have been a place you would want to have land as a young family. There was opportunities for jobs and so much resources, uh, but Nazareth was clearly the second option. Here's an interaction with a disciple early on in John 1, if you want to turn your Bibles. John 1, 43 through 49. John 1, 43 through 49. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom the Moses, the law, and the prophets also spoke of, Jesus of Nazareth or stick man, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So he goes from, can anything good come from Nazareth to, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Amazing, right? When, when has there been a time in your life where there's been just a dead stump, right? There's been, maybe there's been disappointment, maybe there's been loss. Maybe you, like Nathaniel said, can anything good come from this? 
Like, what good possibly could come from this? But yet Jesus showed up. Um, I want you guys to think on that question for a little bit, because we're going to be praying on that. Believe it or not, like one week from now, we're going to be in 2022. Like, where did this year go? It feels like there's just this lingering, nagging presence of 2020 in my life. I don't know about you, but it's just like uncertainty, like things are disrupted. You talk about interruptions. Matt spoke on that on Christmas Eve. Um, those interruptions just linger, and it's like two years just flew by, right? Um, but as we look back on this past year, I believe that there's been a lot of good that God has done in our life because that's Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus comes from an unlikely place. He does the unlikely, the, un, the unimaginable in our life because he's the king of kings, right? And there's no scenario, there's no, there's no um, situation in our life that Jesus cannot bring about a good in, in, in through us. I'm reminded of Joseph um, when he was sold into slavery. He was abandoned by his own family. He, everybody betrayed him. He had nobody. He went to Egypt and God used him in a mighty way to bring about redemption for, the, for Egypt and for his family. And he got to confront his brothers who sold him into slavery. And he said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. And so, so many times I think we look at the evil, we look at the, the unfortunate events, we look at the things in our life that hurt, that are painful, that don't make any sense. And we're like, can anything good come from it? Can anything good come from Na Nazareth? the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who could redeem and save his people, the one that can bring meaning and purpose and worth uh, to the ugly in our lives, the pain in our lives, right? And give us a hope that one day he will make all things new, that one day there will be no more dead stumps. There'll just be fresh life, right? There'll just be hope. There'll be peace. There will be patience. There will be grace in all people's hearts. Like, can you imagine a day like that? So what, what is the dead stump? What do you feel like was meant for death, for decay, for evil, and God meant it for good? Um, that's going to be the first thing that I want us to pray on this morning. Again, Jesus literally came from the sticks, right? Can anything good come from this? Uh, Nazareth would have been similar to this town. Uh, experts say around 500 to maybe 1,000 people. It wasn't their prime destination, right? But God had a plan and a purpose in it, um, mainly to show the humble beginnings of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. But I believe that there's a lot of good that come from this place. Would you agree? That I believe there's a lot of good that God wants to do in this place. I believe that there's a presence and the power of the Spirit in this place, and that's going to change some lives, right? Can anything good come from it? I hope that there's a lot of Nathaniels. Can anything good come from that red brick building up on the hill in Emerson? Um, well, the building, no, but the people, yes. The presence of God, yes. The Spirit of God, yes. The gospel going forth, yes. And so, um, yeah, we are grafted into the family of God. Jesus was the stick man that made it possible for you and I to have life and we are going to abide in him. So for the next minute or two, in silence, as awkward as that could be, uh, just look back. Where has God brought life out of those dead stumps, those dead places, those wastelands in your life? And let's give him thanks. And then we'll talk about another point and, and pray together. Does that sound good?
I want to pray with you, but just in that posture of, of looking back and remembering how God brought good out of what it felt like. It was just pure evil. Uh, God, I'm thankful that you're a gracious, merciful God, uh, that you flipped the script upside down, that you weren't a king who was unapproachable, uh, that you were so distant and far off that you couldn't relate to us and our struggles and our pain. Uh, but God, you are, you are near, you are present, even in that pain. And God, I just pray right now uh, that if there's somebody dealing or wrestling or something in their heart is being stirred up and it just feels like hurt and pain, that they would be comforted and reminded that you stir up those things from time to time for our healing and for our good, um, that God, nothing could come our way unless you first allow it, that there's nothing on heaven and earth that can separate us from your love that's in Christ Jesus. And so would you minister and would you speak, Holy Spirit? Would you bring healing? Would you bring renewal to those things? And just an openness where we can just process and say, yeah, that was hard, that hurt, that was ugly. Um, can anything good come from this? And God, would you bring life and healing, redemption, and wholeness, God, for our good and your glory. Whatever was meant for evil, you meant it for good. And God, we are grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man, yeah. Um, next, I want us to look at the second response of Nathaniel. So the first one is, could anything good come from this? And then his second response, sorry, Philip's response to Nathaniel was, come and see. Can anything good come from this? And he said, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Like, I hope that that's true for you like that you have had an invitation to respond to God, the gospel and to Jesus' good news, that he saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But um, there's a lot of people that haven't seen that. There's a lot of people that don't know that or haven't had that opportunity. Um, and as a community, I want us here in a moment to pray into that, like that this gospel good news would go forth from here that it would reach Emerson, that it would reach Malvern and Hastings and Henderson, Red Oak, Shenandoah, all the region of Southwest Iowa, that there would be a gospel presence that saturates this place. Like what better work could we commit ourselves to? I can't think of a better work, right? We can build a name for ourselves, we can be successful, we can get all the degrees under our belts that our hearts so desire, but at the end of the day, what's gonna stand the test of time? Like, what's really going to be the reward in heaven? It's not going to be what we did with our name, but we, what we did with the name of Jesus. Uh, so an invitation to come and see. If you haven't experienced Jesus in a real tangible way, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, uh, there are going to be some people in the room that are going to be praying and would love to pray with you. That's a great time for you just to go ask your questions. Like with a humble posture, I don't know who this Jesus is. In fact, maybe I'm a little skeptical. Whatever the honesty of your heart is, you can pray with those people and they would love to talk to you. Uh, but if you've experienced Jesus in a real tangible way, give your life to him. He's the Lord. He's king. Uh, then I want us to just spend a moment. We can break out in groups of four, five, six. You can pull the chairs apart. You can do whatever you want to do. Turn around. Um, if you want to just sit by yourself, you have the freedom to do that too. Uh, but I want us as a church to pray that, that this year, 2020, would be marked by a year of people coming and seeing Jesus, experiencing Jesus for a, in a tangible way, maybe for the first time like Nathaniel. Um, we would have a lot of Phillips in our church. Does that make sense? So let's just take two, three minutes. Tim's going to be strumming some keys. Um, you can do whatever you're comfortable with. Um, if you want to pray with somebody, 
let's go up to the front here and pray. Um, but yeah, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, get with somebody else and let's pray that Jesus would show up in a tangible way this year.